What's up, Longhorn fans? It is a Monday, which means that for one more week, Joe Cook and I get to present our thoughts based on what Steve Sarkeesian had to say in his Monday presser. This, unfortunately, is an end-of-regular-season presser. There were hopes heading into Saturday night that Texas might still get to play for a Big 12 championship. Unfortunately, Kansas State took care of business at home. But regardless, Joe... Uh, I think if you talk to a lot of Longhorn fans prior to this season and said, look, we could sign you up for eight wins right now. Eight wins means progress. You probably lose to Alabama. There's going to be some other losses along the way. But a lot of Texas fans, myself included, would have signed up for that deal. And here we sit with this Longhorn football team at eight and four and a ton to build on going forward for this program. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of the uh, the path toward that eight and four may have not gone uh, along the destinations or roads that Longhorn fans would have wanted. And I'm I'm kind of looking at losing to uh, T or excuse me to Texas Tech and Oklahoma State specifically. Uh, you're not in the top two in the conference, but you go one and one against the top two in the conference, and one of those was a one score game. So. You know, it, it the the like I said, the various paths on the journey and the various destinations were maybe not exactly what Texas fans would have really anticipated going into the year, but a lot of progress on on both sides of the ball to where eight wins happened and uh, definitely a big step up heading into uh, Steve Sarkeesian's third season uh, in 2023. Yeah, people may, may not have expected TCU to be the best of the bunch in terms of the teams that you lost to, obviously put themselves in position to make the college football playoff. But then again, nobody expected Texas to do what they did to the Oklahoma Sooners in the Cotton Bowl either. That's why they play the games, as they say. Yeah, no doubt. And Oklahoma, hey, welcome. First years, not particularly fun. You haven't really had one since John Blake, and uh, now you see why you fired John Blake. So, uh, you know, that, that the whole conference is in a very interesting spot, especially heading into 2023. But uh, Texas, and especially when you pair that with what AM put together this year, they fired their offensive coordinator today, but not their play caller. Uh, you know, Texas is at a is in a unique position to potentially take advantage within the region. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And we're going to try and do what Steve Sarkeesian always preaches, and that's having a short memory. So was the Baylor game fun, especially in the fourth quarter, once they started pounding the rock with Bijan and Roshan Johnson? Absolutely. It was a game that didn't have a good feel, especially after Quinn Ewers uh, fumbled the football that was then scooped and scored for a touchdown to give Baylor a temporary lead. Texas finished strong, and it was a fun game for at least me personally getting to attend in person, getting to scream with my fellow Longhorns one more time in DKR. We're going to look forward a little bit today because Steve Sarkeesian did a fair amount of just talking about what's going on in the transfer portal, what that currently looks like, what conversations are like with regards to he and his fellow coaches, really just trying to figure out the types of players that would be beneficial to bring into this Longhorn program. And as a matter of fact, the one question you asked about, Joe, 
was whether there are specific positions that they're looking at addressing in the portal right now. Steve Sarkeesian, understandably nondescript with his answer, said that they're taking things day to day. But for you as somebody who is such an integral part of following the ins and outs of Texas football, what do you think the biggest areas are concerned of right now that uh, Texas should be focusing on in the portal? You know, he didn't answer my question specifically, but there was a question he answered a little bit later uh, that kind of looks at that. And we we went really in-depth on this on Inside Texas from Justin Wells and Eric Nalene in the scoop, but he gave a pretty, you know, interesting answer um, about how they want more production from the third wide receiver position. And I think that that's probably the place that Texas needs to look at. Of course, they may try to get that from the high school ranks with Jonte Cook or Ryan Niblett, or even, you know, trying to flip somebody like Jacoby Lane from USC. Uh, but that third wide receiver position, you know, they had good tight ends, but part of the reason they've played a lot of 12 personnel this year is because they didn't have the reliability from that third wide receiver position. They tried it with Tariq Milton. They tried it with uh, Casey Kane. Um, you know, Savion Red found his way in there and had good moments. Uh, Ajay Hall, they elected to redshirt as opposed to u- use him. So, they need more there. Uh, we even threw out a name on Inside Texas and in, in that scoop from the uh, Division II ranks, I believe, that would uh, you know fit what what they would be looking for. Uh, but that's that's the main spot. I feel like uh, you're pretty set on offensive line. Um, you're you're you feel like you're in good shape at corner, uh, tight end. You're fine. Quarterback. You know, I, I don't think you're looking for somebody unless they are. I've always said the Mike Collins type, that TCU transfer from Penn, who uh, you know wasn't great but was adept there. I, I think that's all you may be looking for, if anything, at quarterback, considering you're you're really uh, dialing into improving Quinn Ewers, Malik Murphy, and Arch Manning, of course, to prepare them for the years ahead. Running back, you're probably okay. Um, defensive, you know, you may take a best player available, but. I think wide receiver is where even if they add one more in the in the wider in the high school ranks, they may still look elsewhere because they like being able to run that eleven personnel with three wide receivers on the field. And luckily, the their their best third wide receiver was a tight end this year. But for Steve Sarkeesian's offense going forward, they want to actually have a third wide receiver available to them that'll actually make things work. Yeah, thinking about things defensively, just because this team was so thin once starters went down, I would have no issues with them going out and finding the right fit at either safety position and maybe another cornerback too because uh, much like with so many other positions on the field, you can never have too many talented cornerbacks. And we saw that this year with Texas when they're having to force true freshmen into action, uh, starting with Austin Jordan. Eventually, Terrence Brooks gets those opportunities. And Sark talked about it today. Terrence Brooks had some great moments over these last couple of games, but there were also a couple moments where he was handing a guy off too early and it turned into an easy touchdown. It happened versus TCU, and then it happened again this last weekend too. Yeah, and, and think about who showed up in the back end uh, over the course of the season, obviously you had uh, Anthony Cook and Jaron Thompson as as your mainstays. Uh, then following those guys, you had Keaton Crawford who had his ups and downs. Uh, Mo Blackwell they tried at safety in the spring and didn't work out. So um, not to disparage him as a player, but he is a walk on. And it was Michael Taft, and he played well. Uh, but if you're trying to you know make things happen, you you, you may want something a little bit more dynamic than Michael Taft. Um, that's why, you know, they're, they're probably going to be looking there, as you mentioned, 
That's also why hanging on to someone like Derek Williams, their five-star safety commit out of Louisiana, also a, a huge deal. So um, I think those are the two main spots is uh, the, the wide receiver spot to get that third wide receiver. Um, obviously, and we'll get into this in a little bit with the portal, you got to talk with guys on your own roster, make sure they come back. But uh, when talking about adding guys, I think it's those, those two skill position spots. So you guys talked about it in the scoop today, but what's your feeling right now with regards to attrition for the Longhorns? There's going to be the typical guys who have just gotten passed up on the depth chart and try and find that next opportunity at a new home. But do you get the sense that there may be a guy or two who played significant minutes this year who may end up elsewhere? I know everybody's squeezing about Xavier Worthy right now, and that's perhaps a completely different discussion. But are there some other guys on your radar right now that uh, that, that uh, you'll be playing close attention to as you're going to be hitting F1 here in a little bit less than a week? Yeah, man, I'm going to be 11, uh, 11 p.m. on Sunday, 12 midnight on Monday is going to be interesting. You know, we're, we're really not in the business of – naming individual guys but i think that also goes to show that you could get guys you know potentially and this is across all 130 something teams in college football and texas is one of those teams you could get starters you could get second level you know second string guys you can get third string freshmen and you can get walk-ons you're probably going to see guys from all levels of the roster all parts of the roster end up uh in the transfer portal and and that's going to be true for texas and the key there is making sure that you know for whatever reason you pulled out the the necessary stops that steve sarkeesian and other members of the program thought uh were needed to maybe convince them to try and stay and if not then you know you wish them their their very best uh but then you also have to realize if that's happening at texas well could be happening at this other school that's right down the road and maybe a peer of yours or it could be happening with uh, you know, someone way far away who wants to maybe left Texas in the high school ranks and wants to get back home. So I, the, the portal's never really going to be, I think, a net negative for Texas. Um, I think, you know, they will lose guys to it. Every team loses guys to it, but they'll be able to do well in it and find players there, uh, you know, for as long as it's in this current system. Um, I don't know about you know, maybe specific players, obviously Worthy is the one that's been extremely heavily rumored. And we even addressed that on Inside Texas over the course of the past few days. But I mean, you know, there's always going to be surprises and, you know, you'll see a hear or hear a guy and be like, oh, OK, that makes sense. Good luck. So just something to continue to watch for. And, you know, with this, uh, I think the the rule is or the uh, what's it, the 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 exact wording is it opens the day after championship selections. And for the FBS, that's this upcoming Sunday when the CFB uh, makes its you know top four. So, yeah, uh, 11 p.m. Central, I think, on Sunday, maybe 12 midnight um, Monday morning. Going to be uh, – we'll be hitting F5, like you mentioned. And, of course, we've seen players already announce their declarations – uh, you know, AM seems to be the, the popular uh, team to have some of those declarations already be announced over the course of these past couple days, at least looking at on three and stuff like that. So uh, just got to keep an eye on it. You'll see guys you never heard of and you'll see maybe, you know, top players who go ahead and say, you know what, I'm looking for greener pastures. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. 
With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. For those Longhorn fans listening right now, there may be a guy that upsets you a little bit. Let's keep things classy. Wish the kid nothing but the best as his next stop and welcome those new guys in with open arms. And to your point, Joe, Texas has gone to the transfer portal a lot these last few years, and they've had some misses. They've taken a handful of Bama guys. Some haven't worked out. Jaleel Billingsley, obviously, no longer part of the team. Ben Jones probably wasn't as good as you'd hoped, uh, bringing some uh, some experience into that linebacker room. But then you have guys like Keelan Robinson, who have come in and done a great job. Ovia Gofu uh, comes from Notre Dame, and he did a, a great job of really turning things on in the second half of this season. Quinn Ewers is obviously your starting quarterback right now. You got him after a single year at Ohio State. So uh, there are big-time players to be found, and uh, it's still a little bit of a guessing game for these coaches that may have relationships with some of these kids going back to the high school ranks. You never totally know until somebody gets on campus. Yeah, and the other thing, and I think this is the the methodology that Steve Sarkeesian is trying to employ, uh, you don't want to build – via the portal. You want to add via the portal. Right. Um, you saw that with the high school offensive and defensive line class. Uh, you've seen that with, you know, running back, wide receiver. You want to build the tight end. You want to build that way when you can add Quinn Ewers. When you can add Ryan Watts, then you add those guys to make up for deficiencies that maybe you couldn't, uh, you know, build through the high school uh, recruiting rank. So it's never going to be the primary method of adding talent for the Longhorns, but definitely going to be something that they use and something they can take advantage of with, uh, in, I mean, even Steve Sarkeesian mentioned today that Texas one fund, and he made sure to note that's not going to be the first thing they talk about with players, but Hey, you know, that's a, uh, that's a pretty helpful uh, card to be able to play when you're trying to add uh, players from, you know, maybe all over the country or from Texas to your roster. I'd like to think that he was giving a very PC answer when he maintained that it's not a very big part of the conversation. Considering that uh, it works to your advantage, I hope it's a decent part of the conversation at least. Right. You know, you could be asked questions by the students and then also their parents and perhaps a trainer and a pastor and who, whoever else is in the room at that point in time. But considering that you are more aligned with this, which has now been legalized by the NCAA, it, it should definitely be a part of the spiel when you're talking to these kids about the advantages that they have of coming to the University of Texas. And look, I understand and I completely agree with Steve Sarkeesian. If you are making a decision solely based on money with regards, I don't care if it's at the professional or the college level now, yeah, you're probably going to end up pretty unhappy at the end of the day. But if that is amongst the factors that has you considering a place, there's no issues with that. No, not at all. I, I like the way that, you know, to make a quick crossover to basketball that, that Chris Beard puts it. He likes his first conversations with potential portal, portal players to be about winning. And, you know, they've, they've got some pretty high profile guys. I mean, uh, just to real quick to talk, to think about Tyrese Hunter um, and even Dylan Mitchell, who, you know, is going to you know be probably well uh, uh, compensated during his time as a Texas athlete before he goes to the NBA. They, those were never the conversations that started things off. It was always about winning. And I think obviously we learned today that Steve Sarkeesian had the same uh, approach as well. And, you know, you can admit everybody knows everybody's seen 
Quinn Ewer's car. Like, let's, you know, we're not going to bury our head in the sand on this, but it, Steve Sarkeesian talked with Quinn Ewer's first and foremost, and even with Arch Manning first and foremost about player development and ability to win football games. Uh, that came up before money. Um, that came up before NIL. And uh, that's what uh, Steve Sarkeesian is going to continue to do at Texas. All right. Embarrassing admission time here. I haven't seen Quinn Ewer's car. What does he drive? Well, one of them's an Aston Martin. Uh, I know that much because he posted on social media. Remember when he got towed? He didn't mention, he said, somebody asked him which car got towed. And he goes, my car, which great answer. Uh, but, you know, he, he uh, I'm, I'm going off the Aston Martin. That's the one thing I'm basing it off of. I just assumed with that hair, he's driving around like a refurbished El Camino or something, you know? Or, you know, uh, DeMarvin Overshone's got Lizzie, that giant green uh, Silverado, which mm -hmm. I walked by today, actually. So it, it's, you know, the 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 cars are still pl plenty entertaining in, in college football garages now, but they can, uh, they're, you know, some of them are sponsors thanks to Covert and things like that. That's right. So you were obviously sitting there in person today, as you are each Monday, Joe. Anything else jump out to you uh, with regards to the uh, Q&A between Steve Sarkeesian and media? Uh, the thing about, uh, what's it called? Um, officiating. There have been some questionable games where no penalties or very few penalties get, have been called on Longhorn opponents. Uh, Oklahoma state stands out. Uh, Baylor stood out for most of that, you know, first and second half. Uh, the only penalty was a disconcerting signal call, I think, which I, the, the fact that they even called that's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, delay a game on the defense. Oh yeah. And, yeah. and, um, they, Steve Sarkeesian didn't take the bait and, and, you know, credit to him. And I know that he goes through the avenues available to the school to say, you know, Hey, you know, uh, they, they send it to the league office, the league officiating office won't comment on it publicly, publicly. Cause if not, then, uh, money's coming out of his own pocket. But, uh, that, that kind of struck me because it does speak to the fact that Texas has had some very strange officiating, uh, occurrences happen with it this year. And, and I'm kind of thinking about it as, you know, holding specifically, is there anything that the Texas defensive linemen are doing that doesn't allow or doesn't, you know, create opportunities for opposing offensive linemen to commit holding? And you got to know that the answer is absolutely not. So it's kind of crazy that there have been so few holding penalties, at least in those certain games where the margins are pretty tight. Uh, to where, you know, apparently Oklahoma State played spotless football except for one that offset, and Baylor did two except for one time their defensive tackle threw out, a, you know, yelled a couple times for the snap. So watching the game in the stands, I don't have the benefit of replay, and I'll be honest, I have not gone back and watched that game just yet. I'm trying to look forward, Joe, like Steve Sarkeesian always preaches. But it looked pretty egregious that they called a forward pass on when Baylor was on offense – they called a forward pass. That's fine. But Texas had a, uh, a pretty obvious recovery there, and they never went back and looked at that play. But they looked at a couple of plays, like within like a handful of plays after that, where it's like, are you freaking kidding me right now? Now you're just either wasting your time or you're rubbing in the fact that you decided not to go look at a replay of something that would have been a huge turnover at that point in the game. Yeah, they, they claim they looked at that forward pass but they never went to that little monitor over in the whatever 20 yard line of the southwest corner of the stadium they never went and looked at it they said they reviewed it and part of me wondered if you know you get one challenge if steve sarkeesian could have maybe 
use that challenge there. They didn't, uh, maybe it's not reviewable. I don't know. Maybe you don't get the, the best, best reward for that risk in that case. And he wanted those timeouts in the end, but yeah, that was in the, it was just basically not only that they just gave Baylor time. Yeah. And it was just, you know, essentially a timeout where they had so much time to plan they had to explain to Steve Sarkeesian. They probably had to figure out what they were explaining to Steve Sarkeesian. It, it was just, it was, it, and granted, if you know enough Aggie buddies or LSU friends, they'll tell you that uh, officiating, officiating the SEC is not, you know, a tremendous improvement over what you're going to get in the Big 12. But all this stuff over the course of this season, where there's just a, a extreme lack of penalties called against Texas. I, I don't blame Steve Sarkeesian for not talking about it, but I bet I bet there's a lot that he would have liked to have actually said in answer to that question. Well, he was livid in the moment to the point where the head official had a look on his face like, you need to calm down right now or you're about to get a penalty uh, called on you that's going to uh, march 15 yards off for the Baylor offense right now. But I don't blame him, especially because the very next play, which was a Baylor out route where they picked up a, a first down on fourth down, seemed pretty obvious to everybody that he made the catch along the sideline there, but then they spend two minutes to go look at that play. It's like, you can look at that play, but you can't look at the previous one. Okay, guy. And by the way, it was a consensus amongst all the Longhorn fans I was sitting around, and I was around complete strangers on Friday afternoon that as long as we're in the Big 12, this is going to continue to happen. If there is any biggest reason to try and exit this conference a little bit sooner rather than later before that 2025 season, this is the biggest reason right here. Even if it means it it's going to cost you, you know, tens of millions of dollars in the process because this is going to be your reality for the next season or two. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, we didn't see it as much with uh, the OU game just because it was 49 nothing. That's what I really want to see. If that's a close game sometime, just what the the, the stuff happens uh, during the course of that type of game. But yeah, it's your and I'd like to think that I'd like to think I, I know I know, but uh, <laughs> that the Big 12 is a little bit better than that. But I watched that Oklahoma State game in person, and I watched that Baylor game in person too. And uh, so, who knows? Who knows what the uh, league office is going to say about their officiating in the in the coming weeks, months, and years? As long as Texas is still a member of the Big Twelve. Spoiler alert, Joe. They're not better than that. All right. Anything else before we uh, bid the audience adieu for the day? Just, uh, I think, I think you should get ready for San Antonio. That's not operating off of inside information. It's just operating off of likely outcomes with TCU and Kansas State and what the Alamo Bowl likes to do. You know, even if uh, Kansas, let's say TCU gets snubbed from the playoff, which shouldn't happen, uh, going twelve and zero in a very solid year and twelve and one even uh, losing to another top ten team um, at a neutral site. Let's say. TCU gets snubbed, goes to the Sugar Bowl instead uh, as as a Big 12 Conference winner, then, well, 
Uh, I think the Alamo Bowl is going to select the the home state crew instead of the uh, traveling Wildcat bunch. So get ready for that. Should be a, a little bit of fun time down in the on the Riverwalk at least, and we'll get to hey, I'm, I'm not complaining. Get to go to Pat O's. Yeah, right near the end of uh, today's uh, presser, Steve Sarkeesian got to gloss on both Bijan Robinson and Jalen Ford. Uh, hopeful Jalen Ford returns next season. Bijan Robinson needs to go to the NFL. Unfortunately, there's not a whole lot Texas can do to guarantee NFL level money uh, that he will be getting as a first round draft pick next April. But uh, do you have a feel one way or the other, Joe, that uh, Bijan is either playing or not playing in the Alamo Bowl? If you were, you to know, he's it. held the cards close to the vest, and Steve Sarkeesian was asked about that today, saying, you know, trying to whether you know what what the process is for Sarkeesian and company and having the conversation and he 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 admits that it's not a great thing that uh you know that option is available uh just to college football and and I do kind of get that um but he also understands that when you're Bijan Robinson you can be a top 20 pick you don't need to play one more game now some guys could need to play one more game and make things happen and you know showcase their their ability uh, against a quality opponent. Because if it's the Alamo Bowl and you're maybe playing Oregon or Washington or maybe even, I don't know who the, the other option would be, maybe Oregon Utah. State, something like that, Utah, exactly. Those are pretty solid teams. And uh, if you put together one you know great game against that type of defense, then you know, that's that's another feather in your cap. But if you're Bijan, you, you don't need to do that. Like it, it's it, it, So um, he hasn't said publicly that's something we're waiting on. Uh, probably this week, maybe next week over the course of bowl preparation. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't think anybody would be surprised nor begrudge B. John Robinson at all if uh, his last carry was that one that ran out the clock uh, against Baylor in that in the most recent win. He is Joe Cook. Check out his work at InsideTexas.com and also all over the On Texas Football YouTube channel. I am Trey Elling. Thanks to those of you who have been tuning in all season long to our post-Sark Monday presser chats. It's been a real pleasure, Joe. I look forward to the next time we have a chance to have a Longhorn football conversation. In the meantime, I uh, hope you continue uh, rehabilitating from a, a gluttonous Thanksgiving weekend. I'll be doing just fine. Thank you, Trey. If you enjoyed today's episode, do click that thumbs up button. As always, do subscribe to the On Texas Football YouTube channel. For Joe Cook, I am Trey Elling. We will talk to you at some point in the future. In the meantime, have yourselves a great week and hook them.